All right. Welcome back, gentlemen, to the Strength Enhanced Podcast. It is so good to see you again. It is so good to be heard again. Um, and I am excited for today's podcast. I really am. But the question of the day, before we get into anything else, what is some small thing that brings you great joy? I asked this question to my wife the other day, and it started a conversation that lasted probably almost 10 minutes. It was just delightful to hear the things that make her happy, and I was able to share the things that make me happy, and it's just little things. Um, one of the things that I just love is the sound of running water. Think of Alaska, think of a stream, and it's the water is just pouring over big rocks, and it's just rippling, and it's uh, soothing. I just love that sound. Um, another thing I love is watching fire. That's just mesmerizing. I'll watch it in a fireplace. I'll watch it in a bonfire. Um, I'll even watch it in fake fireplaces, which is kind of the best because they just repeat. Um, let's see. Another thing I really love is a 62-degree day outside with light wind and a blue sky and Toy Story clouds. That is my picture-perfect day. There's nothing that gets better than that. Um, I think it's important to recall some of the things that make us happy because we live in a day where, I mean, kind of this is probably true for most of humanity and human history. Um, you know, we just take things for granted. Uh, there's a saying that says, familiarity breeds contempt. And that means that the things that we're surrounded by that really make our life special and fun and interesting, um, we just we just take them for granted and we act like they're no big deal. But when somebody asks you um, and you get to share those things, it just brings a smile to your face and it brightens up your whole day. So I would I would just like to do that for you guys. So I would love to hear some of the things that make you happy. Well, one of the things that makes me really happy is the topic that we are going to be talking about today, and it is the uh, topic of quiet time, quiet time, and quiet time specifically with the Lord. Um, this is near and dear to my heart because it's it's kind of fresh for me. During COVID, which was just uh, three years ago, it's 2023 now, um, I had so much time on my hands, as I'm sure most of us did, and I was able to spend a lot of it unimpeded with the Lord. And it was one of the best years of my life, truly. When I was in that season, actually before that season, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I, I really want to spend more time with the Lord. I don't feel like I'm getting enough of him. I don't feel like he's getting enough of me. And I just want to spend more time with him. But it just doesn't seem like I have that time. I'm working, I'm in school. I just wish I had more time. And so I said, God, if I get more time handed to me somehow, I'm going to dedicate it to spending more time with you. And then COVID hit and I did just that. And it was, like I said, the best year of my life. I know it was a hard and painful season for many, but um, for that reason, for me personally, it was a good season. So I understand that there are some people who probably uh, don't exactly know what I mean by quiet time and 
or maybe have never heard it talked about. And so today I'm just going to be laying out a basic foundation of what quiet time is, what it looks like, and some of the questions that people may have about it. Because to be honest, nobody taught me how to do it. Nobody taught me uh, how to spend time with God. I had uh, witnessed, you know, other people, or I had a picture in my mind of what people would do when they would say, I'm going to have my quiet time with God. But I never, I never watched them. I never went into their room and uh, copied what they did. So I had to kind of figure it out. And COVID was that time for me. And so um, I want to give you guys a head start, a jump start on quiet time with God and what that all means. So the first thing that we need to know is that God is the foundation of why we need to have quiet time. And that should, that should seem obvious. Um, but God is so good that he is deserving of everlasting worship. And he is receiving that even as we speak in heaven. Um, in Revelation 4, it talks about um, the four living creatures and the 24 elders. They're always falling down before the throne where he sits. And they're casting their crowns before him and saying, holy, holy, holy are you, O Lord, our God Almighty. He doesn't just expect that from the elders and the people in heaven. He, he would like that from us, too. And so we have to realize that even as we go through our day, we should be worshiping and we should be in communion with God. But there's a special thing about quiet time because you are literally taking, you know, a set amount of time out of your day to just be with him and just commune with him. Psalm 90, 14 says, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. So God has designed it that we are to worship him. When God created us, he created us to be in communion with him and to worship him. And when we do that, when we fulfill that God-given impetus, he will satisfy us in the morning with his love, and we may rejoice all our days. Uh, another verse that goes along these lines is Psalm 1611. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. These are just uh, two verses that show us that it's really to our benefit to do this. It's not a chore. It's just a joy. And I want you guys to see that. I want you guys to hear that in my voice, that this truly is something that is good for us. So some of the questions that I want to go through with you guys, because like I said, you may never have um, heard anyone talk about this. You may not know how to set it up. You may not know how to whatever. So here are the questions that I want to go through. Um, what does it look like to have quiet time with God? When should we do it? Like literally at what time in the day should we do it? What do you do when you have quiet time? What order should you do those things in? How much is enough? And how important is it really? Okay. And I'm going to leave that one to the end because, um, just because. <laughs> so first things first, first question, what does it look like? What does the phrase quiet time mean? Okay. It's not found in scripture, but the principle of quiet time is found in scripture. And it looks like this, Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, go into your room to pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. 
So this is, um, this is what it means. You are alone with God. And you're in a place where no one is going to interrupt you. No one is going to really even see or know about what you're doing. It's supposed to be a secret thing. It's supposed to be an intimate thing. It's supposed to be something that is like a secret between you and God. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of the fun part is that you have experiences with the Lord that nobody else has. Nobody, just you. And that is what really grows your relationship with the Lord is to know him personally. Um, it's one thing to go and hear a pastor talk about the Lord and talk about all the good things that he's done in, in his life and other people's lives. But it's another thing to experience that for yourself. So that is what it looks like. Okay, that's your first step is find a quiet room and go sit in it. Go commune with your father. Okay, and we're going to talk about what communing looks like. So the second question, moving on, we're going to go through these quickly. They'll start to open up a little bit more um, as we go through and they'll take longer to answer. So don't worry about that. When should we do it? Okay, when should we do it? So I want to say there is not necessarily a right or a wrong to this. Um, people have different schedules. People have uh, different life circumstances that will cause them sometimes to have to do one or the other daytime or nighttime or in the middle of the day. Um, but I have a personal opinion. I'll give that to you last, but I want to reinforce the idea that we should be doing it in the daytime and the nighttime. Psalm 1 one and two says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. It is both. Uh, Psalm 16, seven says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. And in the night also, my heart instructs me. So there's a reference to doing it at nighttime. Psalm five verses one through three says, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. So there's a reference to the daytime. Um, so what is my personal opinion on this? I don't want to be a legalist about it. I don't want to be saying you have to do this. But I think that there is definitely a benefit to doing it in the daytime. I mean, if you think about it, what you are doing is you are preparing yourself for your day. You wake up, you know, your mind is refreshed from sleep, but uh, you also need to refresh your spirit, right? Your body's refreshed by sleep. Your spirit is refreshed by being with God. If you wait until the nighttime to do that, it's almost like, why would you wait for that, right? Because last night's Bible study, you might forget it because you were so tired when you wake up the next morning that it doesn't even apply to your whole day. And then you repeat that cycle, right? You kind of forget everything that you were learning. But when you do it in the morning, you can have those experiences. Um, it will bring you joy, like we talked about. And you can go through your day meditating on the scriptures that you've read or the prayers that you were praying. Um, and you can continue those prayers throughout your day. Um, so I would say that it is more beneficial to do it in the morning. So if there's any way possible that you can fit it into your morning, I would, I'd, rec I'd recommend that. Um, but again, doing it all the time is really what we should be doing, day and night. And if your schedule simply just doesn't allow for it, then that's fine too. Um, but I want you to catch something about this. Uh, 
I want you to catch this verse uh, in Mark 1. This is Mark 1, 35. This is talking about Jesus. He just spent the whole night uh, healing people. He was preaching and teaching and healing people. And then it says this, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. So God decided that it was good for him to do it in the morning um, because nobody was awake. Nobody was going to bother him. And that was uh, just when he decided to do it. And there's other examples, of course, of Jesus uh, praying at night in the Garden of Gethsemane and things like that. But um, when you need to get away, the morning is a good time to do it. Okay, moving on. Moving on to the next thing. What do you do during quiet time? What do you do? So clearly we've already heard that you pray. Praying is a big one. Um, it's a time where you're not distracted. You're not doing other things. Um, your mind can kind of just settle in. And you can, you can think about the things that are really deep and meaningful to you that you haven't allowed yourself to think about during the day because you were busy with more urgent things. Um, so that's something that you do definitely during quiet time. Um, reading God's word. That's another thing. Uh, he meditates on God's law day and night, right? So you read the word, you fill yourself up. Um, the, the word is like your daily bread. It's your daily bread, right? Like the, like the Sermon on the Mount, um, teaches us or, or the Lord's prayer, not the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it is, it is your sustenance. I've heard it said, and I love this um, thought. You cannot, you cannot fill up on God's word just on Sunday. That would be like trying to eat a week's worth of meals just on one day, and then expecting it to last you throughout the week. A, you would make yourself sick, and B, it's not even going to work because your body will digest it, and then uh, a couple days later, two, three days later, you're going to be hungry again. So you have to feed yourself daily on the word. Deuteronomy 8 says that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And the words that come from the mouth of the Lord were written down in scripture. So it's so important to read your word during quiet time. Um, number three, what do you do during quiet time is worship. This, oh man, this revolutionized the way that I spent quiet time when I first started doing it. Um, Psalm 59, 16 says, but I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. So again, there's that reference to the morning. Um, side note on this. If you are not singing praises to God aloud, you are totally missing out. And I don't, I don't just mean in your quiet time. I mean, uh, at church, I mean, while you're going through your day, I mean, when you're in your car, <sighs> why is singing out loud so beneficial? It's because it edifies you and edification means that it builds you up. Um, I remember when I was a kid and we'd be going around a circle at our, at our dance ministry that I used to dance at and they would have us pray each individually. And I hated praying. I hated praying because I was embarrassed to speak out loud. But when I started doing it, when I was a little bit older, I found that it was so good because it was reinforcing my faith. 
it was it was reminding me that I'm praying to a true God that I believe in, and singing out loud is that same um, principle. It's it's just reminding yourself that I have a God who's worthy to be praised, and I don't care if it's early in the morning. I'm gonna sing my praises to Him aloud, and so that is something that I would highly highly recommend. And the best thing about finding a place that's, uh, you know, your quiet closet that nobody's going to interrupt you is that you can practice your singing and nobody will hear your voice if it's bad. But it's probably not that bad, so don't worry about it. Um, so what I do is I take my phone uh, into my prayer closet and I will uh, just just play worship music. You know, whatever songs that I have accrued over time, you know, I have a, I have a series or I have a set playlist that I... Just I just play, or I think of a song, and I'll play that song. Um, it's just as easy as that. And then you just sing along, and you think about um, what that song is saying about God, what that song is saying about you and your relationship with God. And I have, oh, so many times I have been brought to tears in worship in my prayer closet because of songs and the worship that they induce. It's just otherworldly. I cannot describe how great it feels. Number four, what do you do? Meditation. Meditation. So this this word kind of has a weird connotation. Uh, In, in, you know, recent times, there's been uh, new age practices where you meditate and yoga, you know, you meditate. And to be honest, I really don't even know what those mean. Uh, to meditate in yoga or new age. But let's just give you a definition here. To think about something in earnest, often with focus on future plans and contingencies. So when you meditate um, as a Christian, it's totally different than yoga and new age. It is um, thinking about deeply about what scripture actually is saying about God. And it kind of is like what I was referencing with worship and the music. Um, you can, you can meditate on song lyrics. You can meditate on, um, scripture. You can meditate on, um, books that people have written. So what this meant to me during COVID time is I would sit there with a pen and a paper and I would just think about some of the qualities or the characteristics of God. And I would write them down like, uh, God's holiness, like what does that mean? What does that look like? How how do I compare it to myself? And I would write just little thoughts, you know. Um, there, there are theologians um, who do this all the time. That's basically what theologians do is they will come up with, um, you know, phrases or quotes that are just describing God versus us. And that's what meditation is. Um, another thing that meditation can be is like journaling. So I have a daily journal that I write in. Uh, I have it sitting right here. If you're watching the YouTube video, um, I have filled out about, uh, I think I've have, I think I've filled out five books since about, I started journaling in 2019 and I haven't missed but one day, I think. And what I will do is I will write down my whatever's gone on during my day and the things that God has been bringing to mind. And I will just write that in there. 
And it's really cool because I can go back and I can see what I was learning about God in my life in real time uh, three years ago. And that is so such a cool thing to do. Um, another thing you can do with journaling is you can uh, journal prayers. You can journal your own prayers like, um, God, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm praying for. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this down so that I can look back on it and then I can meditate on what you have done for me and how your faithfulness has shown in my life. Um, you can meditate through writing down scripture. And there's something about writing that just helps you to, I mean, we all know this from school, but it's, it just helps you to um, understand concepts better. And so when you actually can write out scripture, it slows your brain down to see what does this actually mean? What is this actually saying? So that you're not just skimming over it while you're reading. And then the last one, I know there's a lot. There's a lot in meditation that you could do um, is memorizing scripture. Memorizing scripture is almost like its own category, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to group it in with meditation. Um, you should be memorizing scripture. Everybody should be memorizing scripture. And it's one of the hardest things to do because it seems like as soon as you put it into your brain, it goes out and it's like, what is even the point? But it's, it's definitely worth doing because even the small amount that you retain, um, you will use. It's amazing how God will, you'll think of a verse and you'll be like, man, I want to memorize that. But am I ever going to use it in real life? Yes, you will. If you, if you keep it, um, God will use it. It's so cool because you'll say something, you'll memorize something and, uh, you'll be talking with somebody and it'll just come right out in the conversation and it'll just be part of your vocabulary. Um, and it's also good to, it's also just good for you to remind yourself of um, how good God is and um, what his word says, because that's how you stay away from lies. That's how you protect yourself as a Christian is that you uh, memorize God's word. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's what Psalm 119 says. Psalm 119, by the way, is a entire chapter. I think it's the longest chapter in the Bible. And every single verse has something to do with scripture because it's that important. I think there's like over 150 verses in that one chapter. So if his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, what that, what that means is like, that's the only way we stay out of danger. If you, if you leave the word, you immediately go out into darkness and you're just groping around and you don't know where you're going and you could stumble and you could slip on a rock and you could bruise yourself, hurt yourself. You know, that is what the word does. It keeps us from, um, keeps us from hurting ourselves. So memorizing scripture is so important. Okay, next question. What order do you do it in? Okay, so I just gave you a bunch of things. Pray, read God's word, worship, meditation. Um, what order do you do it all in, right? So back to my COVID story, um, I kind of was a nutcase also. It was, okay, let me back up. I loved COVID time, but I was a nutcase during the time because I had all four of these things that I wanted to do every single day, okay? 
and most of the time I would get it done. Um, but I, it was, it was like crazy in my brain. Like, okay, what do I do first? Like, what is the, what is the best way to honor God and to get the most out of this morning? Um, cause I would do it in the morning and you know what I came up with, um, eventually I'm, I'm kind of just getting there now is that it doesn't really matter. The principle is that you want more of God and less of you. Okay. That's, that's the straight principle. And so whatever one, um, you find helps you get more of God and less of you go with that. Okay. I have a preference and I'll tell you in a second. Um, but what I do want to say as a caveat to that is really try not to neglect, um, really try not to neglect any of them really, but God's word and prayer, especially I would say if possible, do those first God's word and prayer because, and, uh, I would say God's word is top because prayer, sometimes you can get off in your own little, you can get off in your own little way. We all know how that goes. Um, and we'll just be praying. And then suddenly we're thinking about other things. So God's word kind of keeps you on track. Um, and then prayer flows out of that. Um, but to be honest, I have, I have done the other, I have gone the other way around. I'll be praying and that will remind me of a scripture and I'll be like, Oh, what is the rest of that scripture? I want to know. And then I'll find myself going out and pulling out my Bible. So kind of, they kind of feed off of each other. And so as long as your heart is in the right uh, space, I don't think it really matters. Um, but really just don't neglect those things. Don't just journal. Okay. Because eventually you're just gonna, you're gonna run out of material to journal, you know? Um, don't just worship because you want your knowledge of scripture to be deep. You want your um, protection. You want your lamp to be lit with the word of God um, because that's how you keep your way steady. So um, what order to do it in doesn't matter, but pray and read the Bible. <laughs> how much is enough? This is the next question. How much is enough? So this goes back again, one more time to the COVID story. So I made this deal with God, basically, that if he gave me more time, I would give him more time. And um, I really leaned into that when it happened. Uh, I was in my room probably for, I would guess, average, maybe three hours a day doing all this stuff. Um, sometimes it was definitely more. Um, I, I, I would literally be there in there all day, um, because I, I wanted to get to know God. And, um, so is that right? Do you need to spend three hours a day? Some people would hear that and be like, dude, are you serious? I am not doing three hours a day. I can't do three hours a day. I got, I got other stuff going on. So I want to remind you that this is a relationship. Okay. It's not a religious practice like I have to I have to spend three hours in my bedroom every day. Otherwise, I'm not a good Christian. That's not the point. This is a relationship. How much time do you spend with your friends? Does it feel like a chore? Usually not, right? Um, and you'll spend hours with them. But you can't always be with your friends. You also have to, you know, do your homework 
and you also have to go to work and you have to uh, study for tests and things like that. But wouldn't it be nice if you could always just be with your friends, right? The same principle kind of applies with God. It definitely applies with God. If you really love God, you want to spend more time with him. And I'm in a season right now where I don't have as much time to spend with God. Um, and so I kind of have to fight for it. I have to get up early and I have to, um, I have to be tired because I haven't gotten enough sleep and I have to, uh, go have my quiet time then. But I wish, I wish I could have more time. I honestly wish I could go back to COVID times or at least take COVID times and put them right now in terms of, uh, having more time because that's just what I love to do. I love to be with the Lord, but it's okay not to spend three hours with him every day. I would say always try to be increasing it though, if possible. Um, if you find that there are things that are just lesser, you're like, ah, I could, I could shave off 20 minutes of doing that every day and give that to the Lord Then do it because you're never going to regret it. You're never going to regret spending more time with God. So that leads us to our last question. That's actually a really good segue. And the question is, how important is it really? Okay, how important is it really? I'm going to use some strong language and say that it is the lifeblood of a Christian. You cannot live off of just being a Sunday Christian. You won't, you won't, you just won't make it. In the long run, you won't make it. And who would want to? If you, if you are a Christian, that means you are a Christ follower. And that means that you're not giving him a seventh of your week. You're giving him your whole week, right? You are devoting yourself to him. You're devoting yourself to his teaching. Why? Because he saved your life. He saved your life when he gave his up on the cross. And so we don't, we don't spend quiet time with him to pay him back for what he did. We do it out of thankfulness. And if you haven't had that shift in your mind yet, I would really encourage you to just picture Jesus Christ on that cross, saving your life and just letting the gratitude flow out of your heart. And I would do that in your quiet time. I would do that in your quiet time. Okay, the next time you go into your prayer closet, if you shut this video off right now and go do that, that would probably be the best use of your time. So in short, it's very important. It's very important, but I want to give you a couple examples. Um, so first of all, you have Jesus. You have um, that verse that I quoted, Mark one thirty-five, about Jesus getting up and going to a desolate place to pray. Jesus himself had quiet time. Why? I have no idea. He was God. You would think that he knew God well enough, right? You would think that he just had some sort of telepathic connection with him on earth, even, even as he was man, um, that he would just wouldn't need to spend time with God, but he did. He did. And he didn't get tired of it. He didn't complain about it. He was perfect. He loved spending time with God. He has spent time with God from the beginning of time. You know what? The only time that he didn't spend time with God was when he was on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was the first time that he was not spending time with God. And it was because he wanted you to be able to spend time with God. Um, another example 
of how important uh, spending time with God is, is Daniel. All right, so if you've never read the book of Daniel, do it. Read your whole Bible, honestly. Just just do that. That would be better. Um, but Daniel was a, uh, a captive in the Babylonian kingdom to the, to the king Nebuchadnezzar, but he was the second in command of the kingdom because he was loyal. He was trustworthy. The king loved him. Uh, he was successful. He was good at his job. Um, the other thing that Daniel was, was he was a prayer warrior. He uh, would pray three times a day, and um, he was known for doing that. People, people knew that he did that. There were some people, though, some underlings to the king who were of a lower status than Daniel. They did not like him because he was uh, not of their culture, and they wanted his job. They wanted to be liked by the king. They wanted to have his power. They wanted to have his uh, Daniel's. That is, they wanted to have Daniel's power and his influence. And so when they saw that he was not going to be brought down, the thing that they went after uh, was his quiet time. They went after his quiet time with God. And they uh, had the king sign a decree where no one could worship anyone but the king. Otherwise, they would be thrown into the lion's den. When Daniel heard that, what did he do? He continued to pray. He still did his three times a day prayer. And what happened? The king had to throw him into the lion's den because he had signed a document. And God saved him. God saved him. He shut the lion's mouth all night and he was rescued from that. So that is how seriously God considers your quiet time. He he finds it to be so important in your life. He's willing to protect you and um, he's willing to be there for you, to give you that quiet time. So don't underestimate how much God loves when you spend time with him. Um, one more verse. This one is pretty cool. Actually, two verses. These two are from James. Uh, it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When we pray, when we have that quiet time with God, he moves mountains. He does. He uses prayer. The Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, said about prayer, prayer bends omnipotence of heaven to your desire. Prayer moves the hand that moves the world. That's how important prayer is. It is the instrument, it is the tool that God uses for us to make change in our world for the better. When we pray in God's will, when we pray into the things that he wants, into kingdom come, he moves mountains. And um, going on in that James section. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years, and it did not rain. And then he prayed again, and it did rain. And this just shows you that God is willing to use your prayers. He's willing to use the time that you spend with him for producing signs and wonders and miracles on your behalf. Um, so quiet time is just a I could probably make three episodes on quiet time and what that means. And maybe I will. I might go through each of those lists, uh, prayer and reading God's word, meditation and uh, worship. I'll probably do a podcast on each one of those at some point. But for now, I just wanted to give you flyby overview. Guys, I really hope that you found that helpful. Um, hopefully I didn't skip out on anything. I know that there's so much in that. Um, leave a comment on if this helped you. Feel free to ask me questions, send me suggestions for the next podcast. But until then, guys, be
be strengthened and go have some quiet time. Love you guys.